Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Find out about new shows, featured guests, and what's up this week. Find us on Facebook by searching keyword Voice America. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with the top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here's your host, John Inglesby. Voice America, welcome to the 15th ever show of All Around Sports. Live from the City of Champions, Boston, Massachusetts, where today it's 100 degrees and flirting with an 80-year-old record. And uh, so here on All Around Sports, each Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, we will go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this week and what's coming up for the weekend. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at I-I-R at Comcast.net. Well, as always, Voice America, it was another wild week in sports. And as usual, I will discuss the highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items that dominated this past week's sports news. Let's get right into the highlight of the week, which for me was Darren Clark winning the British Open. Uh, clearly a ultra-popular golfer who finally snared his first major at the age of 42. And it was great to watch him on Sunday. Getting up that one Sunday morning a year to watch the British Open in July is uh, one of my favorite sports TV viewing events of the year. And again, to see Darren Clark bring it home with a solid round on Sunday was really uh, just terrific. Uh, as I'm sure most of you know, Darren uh, lost his wife to breast cancer two years ago, so he has been raising his two sons as a single father. In the post-match victory press conference, he was drinking a pint of what certainly appeared to be Guinness, very appropriate for his Irish roots. And uh, so you, you got to love a guy who does that, no doubt about that. And uh, And it's really just amazing that golfers from Northern Ireland, three different golfers, have won three of the last six majors. Graham McDowell won the U.S. Open in 2010. Rory McIlroy, of course, won the U.S. Open just a few weeks back in, at Congressional in D.C. And now Darren Clark. So I've been to Northern Ireland a couple of years ago, and... To have been there, and I'm of Irish heritage, so I have a very good understanding of, quote, the troubles. 
um, and the size of the country, and uh, basically it's uh, it's British connection, shall we say? It's uh, you know for me just a wonderful, wonderful uh, thing to see again Northern Ireland, which is I'm guessing the size of probably Connecticut. Uh, produced these three majors victory in literally 14 months. And when I went to Northern Ireland, I have a good golf sports memory in that uh, we met some friends and went up to uh, the town of Newcastle, which is a spectacular seaside town and more importantly, the home of Royal County Down Golf Course, which plain and simply is one of the world's best golf courses, top five, easy. And it was just a spectacular sight to see uh, walking the course a little bit uh, on the coast. It was just nothing short of amazing, very British Open-like, no surprise, and uh, just unforgettable. And uh, I've always thought ever since that day, if it weren't for, again, the troubles in Northern Ireland, uh, it would be a famous course along the lines of St. Andrews and Pebble Beach. So, with that said, uh, let's get to this week's low light, which, of course, for all Americans, was the U.S. Women's World Cup loss to Japan, where they gave up two leads and then got shellacked in the penalty kick uh, finale. And all credit goes to Japan. They played a tenacious game, and they certainly deserve to win. And uh, my bizarre sports story of the week is uh, Southern Cow running back Mark Tyler son of Wendell Tyler of Los Angeles Rams and UCLA fame a few decades ago, uh, talking to TMZ outside a bar in L.A. about uh, pay for players and sex as a college football player at USC. And uh, it is not what the Trojans needed to see while on probation, uh, stiff probation from the NCAA. So it'll be interesting to see how Pat Hayden, the new athletic director, handles that. And I'd also like to add a note of memoriam regarding the passing of Myra Kraft, wife of New England Patriots owner Robert Kraft. And uh, services were held for Myra in nearby Boston, literally within the past couple of hours. And uh, it was packed, as you can well imagine. And some of the attendees included NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell, Patriots quarterback Tom Brady, Dallas Cowboys owner Jerry Jones, uh, tycoon Donald Trump. And uh, I met Myra once at an NFL owners meeting that I covered here in Boston a couple of years ago to write an article for the Financial Times of London. And she was absolutely wonderful. And I actually have a picture of me with Myra and Roger Goodell on my website along with... uh, some United Way reps who are also in the photo, and uh, which is perfectly appropriate since Myra's legacy is uh, clearly working with charities and for which she was just very, very well known in the Boston area and beyond. And let me just add that I've had interactions with both Robert and Jonathan Kraft, and they have always been just terrific to me, and I am a... Huge fan of the Kraft family, what they've done with the Patriots, and basically all they and Myra stand for. So um, now on to the, my event of the weekend that I covered, 
which was uh, the WNBA game between the Connecticut Sun and the Indiana Fever at the Mohegan Sun Arena in Connecticut, which the Connecticut Sun won 76-71. Uh, they were in second place, so they cut a game off the lead of first place, the Indiana Fever. And it was uh, my first WNBA game, and it was absolutely a great take, a spectacular arena, and there were more than 7,000 fans in attendance. And so it was very, very loud, super high-energy atmosphere. The game presentation was spectacular. It was every bit the equal of, a, of an NBA game, and I go to a lot of Celtics games, so uh, I know exactly what I'm looking for when I say that. Uh, Sun's media relation manager, Bill Tavares, took wonderful care of me and provided me with a courtside seat under the basket, and it was absolutely a spectacular spot from which to watch the game. And uh, it was a great game, went down to the final possession, and uh, WNBA All-Star Tamika Catchings threw the ball away with the team down three, looking for a tying three, and uh, the Sun took it home from there. And I got a little post-game comments, and let's start out with uh, Sun head coach Mike Thibault on the game star Danielle McRae. Uh, you know, when we drafted her, we felt she had a chance to be a really, really good player. But when you come in as a rookie, uh, I think it's important as a coach to give them about as much as they can take and let them kind of find their way. And then when you know they're kind of mature or it's kind of sinking in, then you kind of let them have more. And so I felt uh, going into this weekend that, number one, our team needed a different look to it size-wise. You know, starting two small guards uh, was putting us at a size disadvantage against the last two or three teams we played. Um, and that allowed, allowed us to play bigger, uh, more physical, rebound a little bit better against those kinds of teams. And Kara could help jump stars coming off the bench and be an energy person off the bench, both offensively and defensively. Uh, you know, she didn't make shots in the name or the name, but I thought her defense was exceptional. Um, so, you know, the two of them, uh, I, think, I think our team needs to understand that you can have bad shooting nights, but you can do other things to help your team, and the two of them did that tonight. And the clear star of the game that night was uh, guard Danielle McRae out of Kansas, and here's Danielle on her hot shooting night. Kansas tonight. Yeah, you can. Yeah, I can. I mean, I, I, I mean, I call myself a shooter, so therefore, I mean, shooters know what's going on. So um, that first shot early on, it, it kind of got me going, like you said, and um, I mean, from there on out, it was, I felt it. <laughs> and Danielle had plenty of help that evening, uh, particularly from the Suns All-Star Center, Tina Charles, the UConn legend. Uh, and here's Tina on hitting her open teammate. It's real easy, you know, especially when I'm when I'm double team and I turn and I'm looking for open man. I'm, I'm looking for Danielle just because she has that hot hand and, and you know, she's just going to let it go. So. And it uh, was uh, also a big contributor that evening was forward Aisha Jones. And here's uh, Aisha on her transition from the college to the pro game. Coming from college to pros, you know, people are stronger, quicker, and you, the rules are different uh, for pros. In college, you can actually be more physical. Yeah, I think you can in this league, so that was a big change for me, just figuring out what I can get away with, what I can't get away with. And it was good timing to attend this game because it turns out uh, that the WNBA All-Star Game is this weekend, and it's going to feature three starters from the game that I went to just this past Sunday night. Uh, 
Of course, uh, at the previously aforementioned, uh, Tamika Catchings, who's basically a household name in women's basketball, and she was the leading vote getter for the WNBA for the All Star game. And also joining her in the starting five will be her teammate, Katie Douglas, who had a nice game as well uh, this past Sunday that I witnessed. And then Tina Charles uh, is also uh, on the Eastern side. And she, of course, plays for the Connecticut Sun. And additionally, other All-Stars will include, uh, you know, women's basketball household names, you know, Sue Bird, Diana Taurasi, Swin Cash, and rookie Maya Moore of UConn fame. And uh, I have covered a fair amount of women's sports uh, during my career. And I find it to be just, you know... uh, Really well played, riveting, and very, very uh, competitive athletics. Uh, you know, what better time to talk about this than, you know, the week following the women, U.S. Women's World Cup bid, where clearly they showed off their athleticism and had basically the entire United States riveted. Um, I on my way to the Mohegan Sun game, the game at Mohegan Sun, I uh, got there a little early so I could catch the women's game. And so I went into Michael Jordan's sports bar, which was absolutely packed and into it. And I mean, standing room only, many hundreds of people there and reacting to every shot, let alone every goal. And, you know, it was just nice to see, again, I was watching a women's game at Michael Jordan's with, you know, huge fan reaction while I'm on my way, you know, literally down the, down the, down the stairs to the, uh, to the WNBA game, which, again, I simply could not have been more impressed with. And my interest in women's sports started a few years ago when I wrote uh, maybe one of the, my favorite stories of my career, which was a story on the... West Point women's basketball team coached by Dave McGarity, who I went to uh, St. Francis University with back in Pennsylvania. And Dave had taken over for uh, uh, for the Army coach, uh, Maggie Dixon, who had died suddenly and unexpectedly and tragically at age 28. And uh, again, Wrote that, you know, made two trips to West Point, interviewed Dave, interviewed the players, went to one of their games against Holy Cross. And after I wrote my story, they were then covered by Sports Illustrated, NBC. They were named the ESPN Comeback Team of the Year. And it was absolutely, uh, again, one of my favorite stories of my entire career. And uh, so I've been a big fan of the women's game ever since. And now, as my former co-host, Lemont Williams from Outside the Huddle, likes to say, it's time to pay some bills, so let's take our break. And up next, Ginger Giles, one of five inspirational boot girls who created the boot campaign, which I wrote about in the September issue of Armchair General magazine that just hit newsstands this week. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. 
Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fans' perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network. And let's talk football. Have we got a high-energy, all-access sports show for you. It's Outside the Huddle, starring Lemond Williams. Each week, join Lemond as he takes callers, discusses the week's top stories in the world of sports, and sits down with active and former players to discuss their transition from sports to business. Outside the Huddle is a great resource for players making career transitions both on and off the field. Tune in Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central, and 5 Pacific for Outside the Huddle on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports. And to join the show, the call-in number is one 346 9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when we have guests join us. And today we have Ginger Giles, one of five inspirational boot girls who created the boot campaign, which I wrote about in the Armchair General magazine that just hit newsstands this week. And Ginger and I met at a Super Bowl event in Dallas. And I was so impressed with how she and her four colleagues chose to use their spare time to develop an awareness initiative to support injured American forces that I interviewed them at this event, wrote the article, and welcome, Ginger. And it's a little warmer than the day we met in (laughs) Dallas uh, as we both trudged through the slushy streets of Dallas to get to that event. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Definitely a little warmer this go-around. I think it was, what, negative 13 when we met, so exactly. a little bit warmer than that day, for sure. <laughs> yeah, just about 115 degrees difference. Uh, <laughs> exactly. But, you know, I appreciate you calling in, uh, and I'm going to get right to it. Rather than me explain the boot campaign, I'm going to let you do it. You know, I love the story of how your organization originated. So if we could just start with how you came to be, I think our listeners would find that a wonderful, inspiring story. Sure. Um, Well, a couple of years ago, myself and four of my other girlfriends, we had all read a book called The Lone Survivor, which um, is an account of, you know, a great story of survival written by Marcus Luttrell, who is a Navy SEAL, retired now, and um, and the book basically was just an account of how he was the only sole survivor of a firefight and attack by Taliban fighters on his team, um, and that was the largest loss of Navy SEAL history in Navy SEAL history in one day. 
uh, 19 people in all were lost, and he was the only survivor. And just, you know, we all read the story, and we're just, our lives were impacted so much that we tried to figure out how can we show our gratitude, show our support, and at the same time raise awareness for the serious challenges and issues that these veterans face when they come home and try and assimilate back into civilian life. And we felt very strongly about that. So we just put our heads together, and and here we are today. And how did you come up with the idea of boots? Well, you know, we started with taking pictures of, of, of celebrities in combat boots kind of as a visual reminder because we realized, you know, trying to get everybody out there in the world today to stop and read a book it is pretty tough. You know, everybody's busy. We we live in such a fast-moving society with Internet and smartphones. And um, so people taking the time to sit down and, and read is just a hard challenge. So we thought, how how can we capture people, you know, their attention quickly? And so we came up with this visual idea of going out and asking different celebrities from all different genres to, to take a picture in a, com- in a pair of combat boots. We figured the boots are very symbolic of our military. That's what you think of when you, you know, you see uh, combat boots. Is, I mean, that's what we think of anyway. And, and so we came up with these posters, and our slogan is, when they come back, we give back. And it just took off. And so pretty soon people were asking us, where can I get those boots? And um, so we decided to start selling them. And that way the funds that are raised from the sale of these boots, 100% of the net proceeds goes toward charities that are set up to support these returning veterans and the issues they face. Well, wonderful. And next question, where exactly can our listeners get those boots? That's a great question. Well, the only place you can get them is on our website, which is bootcampaign.com. And we have a whole range of, of boots we have. They range anywhere from $130 all the way up to $180. We offer steel toe versions. We offer black as well as the desert tan. And so you can just get, you know, black and tan to go with all your different outfits. And uh, um, it's just been a really great experience. They have our logo embossed on the side, which people, you know, people I think like something tangible to show for their, you know, their donation. So we feel like, you, know, you go out, you go to our website, you buy these boots, and you are literally showing your support for the troops, and then you know that the money that you gave is supporting returning veterans and the issues they face as well. Well, that's terrific, Ginger. And uh, this being a sports show, and given that we met at, of course, a Super Bowl week event, I know you have very, very high-profile relationships in the sports world. Uh, and, you know, most recently you did something, I believe, on around July 4th with the Florida Marlins as well as. And so why don't you take a few minutes to talk about the Marlins? Uh, I think you did something recently with NASCAR and you've done a whole lot more. So why don't you tell us about the sports connection in the boot campaign? Sure. Um, well, like you said, we, we were very lucky enough that the Florida Marlins decided to dedicate their July 4th game to the boot campaign. And so some proceeds from ticket sales that day were donated to us as well as um, we had a booth there and sold our boots. And um, it was just a great time to get some exposure out there in the sports world. One of our 
boot girls throughout the first pitch. She probably would hate that I said that because apparently it wasn't a very good one. But, um, Did she reach it? it? She didn't reach home plate? She didn't reach home plate. She said that was the first time it didn't happen. She practiced and every pitch reached home plate until the game. So she probably would, would be not very happy with me that I told the story. But um, and, and so, you know, they were great supporters of ours. We also, since you and I um, met John, you know, we've also gotten Troy Aikman in our boots. And you know, as a Dallas Cowboy fan and as a Texan, we are so proud of that one. He has been great. Um, we also are, have gotten the Chicago Cubs in our boots. They'll be featured on our homepage next Monday. And um, and then kind of most exciting to us as well is uh, Memorial Day weekend, the UFC fighters got their boots on and dedicated their Memorial Day fight to us as well. And so we were able... Uh, from that effort to donate $30,000 to the Lone Survivor Foundation, which is one of our charities that we partner with, um, uh, from our, our efforts at the UFC fight. And that was pretty darn exciting. Um, one of the UFC fighters um, is an ex-soldier, uh, and he okay. was the underdog for his fight that night, and he ended up winning. And wow. it was pretty incre- it was pretty incredible. So... Um, We've had some exciting stuff. We also, like you mentioned, NASCAR. We have a NASCAR truck driver, David Starr, who is driving around with the Boot Campaign logo on his truck now, and um, we're so excited about that. So we are just branching out into into all different genres of sports, for sure. Well, that's very impressive. And, you know, just from talking with you, looking at your materials, your website, I mean, some of the people that... Famous sports figures that I saw wearing the boots include Texas football coach Mac Brown, TCU football coach Gary Patterson, who, of course, was in this past year's Rose Bowl, mm-hmm. coach Gary Kubiak of the Houston Texans, Nolan Ryan, Jeff Bagwell, Craig Biggio, David Robinson, Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders, Seattle Seagulls, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, uh, who played for the University of Miami. Just for those of you who think of him as a movie star, he was also <laughs> a pretty good college football player. Uh, as far as teams goes, you mentioned the Chicago Cubs, but I also seen a f- you know photos with the Jacksonville Jaguars, the Detroit Red Wings, and uh, you know, and that's not all. I mean, I saw photos with you know Miss America contestants as well as some politicians. Absolutely, uh, you know. We really, really didn't want to limit ourselves to, you know, celebrity means different things to different people, and, and that was kind of our goal was to sort of appeal to the masses because, you know, we're trying to spread the word about our troops. We, you know, we want people to remember that these guys are over there fighting for us every day, and when they come home, they just really have a lot of challenges in front of them, and, you know, we're trying to raise money to help them make that transition much easier. And so, you know, seeing Dwayne The Rock Johnson in a pair of boots, seeing Nolan Ryan in a pair of boots, you know, might inspire, you know, everyday Americans to to say, look at Nolan Ryan. He looks pretty cool. I need to go get a pair of boots like that and show my support too. And, um, you know, so we're just, we're continuing on our fight and and, uh, we've gotten some great support from from, uh, our celebrities for sure. Oh, that's wonderful. Uh, well, you know, that day, uh, in addition to, of course, interviewing you at the event in Dallas, I interviewed your fellow boot girl, uh, Heather Fordham. 
And she gave me a quote that I literally closed my article with, which was simply, you know, we want to turn this into the new yellow ribbon. So, you know, yeah. six months later, how, how, how are you succeeding in that mission, which is uh, noble, to say the least? <laughs> well, you know, and thank you for saying it's noble, but I guess we feel like it's the least we can do because really these men and women fighting for our freedom, they deserve every effort we can give them. And so to date, um, as I'm talking to you, you we, we've raised over $350,000 for these charities that we partner with. We are very, very proud of that. Um, we are continuing on with, with doing events and just trying to get the word out there for people to buy our boots. And that's kind of, you know, our call to action for everybody, John, is to get your boots on. And, uh, you know, we do want to turn this into the new yellow ribbon. And, and we'd like for every... For every active duty soldier over there fighting, we'd like to have a pair of boots on an American here at home, and that's about 1.4 million people over there fighting. So we need everybody's help to do that. So, you know, that's, that's what we want everyone to do is go to the website, bootcampaign.com, and buy some boots and show your support. Well, that's terrific. And, uh, again, I can truly say this was... Uh among the more enjoyable stories I've written uh, in, in a while. And that day, again, it was worth trudging through the slush of <laughs> Dallas to get there because, uh, you know, spending time that day with, with you and Heather was, again, just truly inspiring. I, I, I think I can say that, you know, if more Americans uh, simply had your attitude of, Seeing and seeing, you know, a cause they believed in and acting on it, and I think I've gotten a fairly good insight into the efforts that you and your four fellow boot girls put into all this. Uh, you know, is just again just truly inspirational. Uh, I wish you the best of luck. Uh, I again was so happy to be able to meet you, get the article in Armchair General, which is a military history magazine that is read by. Uh, Countless, countless veterans and interested military observers worldwide. Uh, it literally is just arriving on newsstands as we speak. It's the September issue. Their website is armchairgeneral.com, but again, it's available at newsstands nationwide. Uh, the article is on page 11 under worthy causes and that I'd say that just sums it up perfectly it's it's a worthy cause and I hope the article leads to uh, a bit of a bump in in boots being sold I hope so too and we appreciate you featuring us we really do and, and letting me come on the show John we we appreciate any any word any opportunity to spread the word we appreciate it so much well, my pleasure, Ginger, and I am certain you and I will continue to have further interaction as we both, uh, again, try to achieve the goal of uh, making the boot campaign the next yellow ribbon in America. And once again, thanks for your time and look forward to talking to you down the road. Thank you, John. Thanks, Ginger. And once again, it's time to take our break and to join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144. And joining us next will be our weekly call-in expert, Barry Rubenstein from the New York Post. Your internet flagship station for sports... 
Voice America Sports. Super Bowl champ Lionel Dalton is taking to the internet airwaves with his own brand of sports talk. You'll go inside the mind of the players and find out if blacklisting really happens, what their thoughts are on training camps, where the former NFL players are now, and why being drafted by the wrong NFL team can kill a promising player's career. Lionel will also cover what's up with the Baltimore Ravens. Tune in to Sports Talk with Lionel Dalton live every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern, 12 noon Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Revolution has begun with Jim and Trav. Listen this week as Randall Eden, Shannon Young, Josh Fleming, and Joe Hosmer tell us why it's important to get our kids in the outdoors. Plus, Cat Daddy will have some catfishy tips, and Nick Rhodes has a new twist on wildlife management you'll want to hear. This is sponsored by Ram Trucks at RamTrucks.com. Wednesdays at 1 Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. I'm Jim Ferguson. I'll see you on the trail. Do you think that all of the generic financial information you get every day is hard to navigate? You need to tune in to Duffy's Financial Playbook. Every weekend, Andre S. Duffy will help you filter out this information and turn it into wisdom that you can really use. Be informed about the financial decisions you're about to make instead of just blindly making decisions. Andre's connections in the business and professional sports world will help you so you don't need to worry about your financial success. Tune in to Duffy's Financial Playbook, Saturdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Sports. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1 888 346 9144. That's 1 888 346 9144. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports. And to join the show, the call in number is 1 888. 346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when we have our weekly call-in expert, Barry Rubenstein from the New York Post, join us. And Barry, you and I finally got out on the golf course for the first time ever yesterday, and uh, glad we got out yesterday, because today is searing. Yesterday Hot. is better than today, yeah. I mean, there, we were, there was talk that yesterday would have been really bad, but it turned out to be a breeze and a and a beautiful day out on the, and on the course, and uh, very enjoyable. But uh, yeah, today might have been a different story. So uh, it, was, it was good we did it yesterday today for sure. Well, in, in, in addition to the obvious uh, enjoyment of golf, which we both like, of course, and uh, you know, it was a great opportunity for you and I to catch up in person. Uh, b- both of us lead pretty busy lives here with uh, working in the media, and uh, but we had a nice chance on the 19th hole to uh to talk about the show and how we can improve it and bring more to our listeners now that we have three months under our belt and you've joined me for all 15 shows that we've done and uh you know i think we have a lot of good ideas that's going to translate into an even better show as we move forward here with all around sports and why don't we start with the absolute obvious topic of the day which is uh the NFL lockout, I guess I would say it's, you know, half over since the owners have signed off on it, uh, but we're all waiting with bated breath to see what the players will do. What are your thoughts? 
Yeah, it's kind of interesting. I mean, you know, it, depending on who you talk to, I mean, mo- most of what we're seeing, you know, people are saying, well, you know, it, it's going to happen, it's going to happen, and, yeah, and it will. But, you know, it, it, I just thought it was kind of interesting that the owners came out with their statement yesterday. Okay, this is fine with us. Come on, players, sign it. There, It's an obvious attempt by the owners to put some pressure on the players to sign a deal that, you know, maybe some of the details, you know, might not be what the players really want to see at this point. And, you know, depending on, again, on what you read and who you talk to, you know, there's some thought that, you know, the owners are trying to maybe pull a fast one on the players, at least with some of these more minor issues. But, you know, everything we're hearing kind of points to the fact that, well, this is just some last-minute negotiating, and it's going to get done, and the players saw vote to ratify it. There's talk that they, the players may vote today, although that's, that's kind of unsure at this point. Um, more than likely, it might happen tomorrow, and the hope will be that uh, training camps open uh, Monday. Uh, if, it gets, if it gets voted on and ratified today, then training camps would open Sunday, I think. Uh, if it happens tomorrow, then it would be pushed back to Monday. So we've already lost the um, Hall of Fame game, and hopefully uh, not much more than that. So it, it will get done, you know, gone on this long, maybe just a couple more days of patience, and it will all happen. Yeah, well, in addition to, of course, as you just mentioned, the Hall of Fame game being a casualty, another uh, the other casualties are, of course, a couple of the college campuses that uh, – typically held NFL training camps, uh, which are not being held this year because of the uncertainty, obviously. But I was surprised at a little bit at really just the, the vitriol, if you will, coming from the player's side. I mean, they just seem so angry uh, and as if they were ambushed or whatever by this vote when... Uh, as a close observer to all this and an attendee of numerous NFL owners' meetings where I, like you've all been watching on NFL Network, you know, lurked the hallways of hotels waiting for a word for, with an NBA, or excuse me, NFL owner. That was, that, was, um, that was you lurking around the corner, huh? That was me, exactly. Yeah. And I was just I'm literally looking at the NFL Network and seeing a whole lot of my fellow media members, uh, again, leaning up against... Uh, pillars in 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 hotel hallways and uh but anyway um my surprise is very simple it's been known for a while that basically the owners were going to vote on the proposal more than likely yesterday at a special meeting in atlanta they did the it didn't seem to be any surprises for the players i mean i I can't speak of that with absolute total knowledge but you know some of the stuff i saw sort of the highlights of the CBA that they approved were kind of like seemed a little player friendly. So uh, I don't know if it's the, it can't be the suddenness. Everybody knew they were going to do it, but yet they just seem ambushed, maybe a little surprised. What's your take on all of that? No, and, and I don't take sides, by the way. I'm not siding with the owners or the players. I just want football like we all do. I think, I think most people feel the same way, although I would say, if you were to take a poll and ask people whose side they favor, they'd probably go with the players because, you know, let's face it, you know, outside of the superstars of the game, you know, most guys in the NFL make you know, the league minimum. You know, nobody's going to cry for a guy making, you know, uh, you know, four hundred fifty thousand dollars a year. However, you know, we all know the risks involved with, with, with playing football and, you know, especially as I, on the NFL level, you know, a lot of these guys are journeyman players and, you know, risk, you know, becoming a cripple for the rest of their lives and, and everything else. So, But that being said, I just think that the reason why the players are upset because 
it was almost like a, it, to me, it almost seems like a grandstand play by the owners at this point. I mean, I don't know that it was really necessary for them to say, okay, well, we're fine with this. Come on, players, vote on it. Let's go. Let's get it done. And, you know, after all this time of, of negotiating and posturing and, and all that, it, it, it just seems to me that, you know, it's just, it's just kind of a, a, a play, a PR move by the owners to kind of put the pressure on the players to sign a deal that maybe the players, you know, I'm not sure the players are unhappy with the deal, but I think the players are uncomfortable with the sense that now the owners are rushing them to ratify this deal. When, the, when, the, I, when I think in reality the players just want to take a day or so, well, look, we've got to read this, we've got to vote on it, we've got to talk about it. You know, we don't want to just sign off on this. We need to really read this and see what we're signing first. You know, it's like, it's like anything, you know, when you buy anything, you want to, if you go to buy a car, or go to, you know, uh, sign up for a loan or whatever, someone shoves a piece of paper in your face, okay, sign this. Well, hold on, I've got to read this first, you know. So I really think it's more about that than, you know, maybe feeling bamboozled or, or anything like that or, or, the, or the owner's trying to pull a fast one. You know, I, I just think the players feel like, you know what, we've taken this much time, we're, we're making, the, you know, we're talking about a deal that's going to last for 10 years, Let's just make sure that, that this is the deal we want. Let's read it. Let's talk about it. Let's, you know, cool our jets for a day. And because really one day probably isn't going to make that much of a difference. And let's just make sure that we're, ha- we're comfortable with what we're doing. Because there, yeah. are, there's, there are ramifications. You know, 10 years down the road, they're talking about a seven-year opt-out clause maybe. They just want to make sure that everything is right. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Yeah, and I agree with you. I mean, I can certainly... You know, see that side of it, uh, and I understand it completely. Uh, it's really like the owners took the vote, basically said training camps are open, and there's a feel like, okay, where are the players? You know, where are you? Exactly. And I can totally, totally understand that, and I can under- equally understand, you know, the players wanting some time to read it, but feeling that they're not being given that time. And, of course, what's behind it all, obviously, is the uh, – Many, many, many millions of dollars that are, is made in the preseason. That is the easiest money of the year for the NFL. Uh, yeah, I know. I pay. You know, I, I pay for my preseason tickets for the Patri- for my Patriot season tickets, and uh, so I really, and, you know, the players are not paid like uh, like they are for a regular season game. They're paid much less, which means there's a whole lot of profit going on for NFL owners, but. It's, I, I think we can both safely say, you know, it's going to get done, barring something utterly bizarre, and it's going to get done, and we're probably going to have football uh, for next week's show that we're actually talking about players in pads, but I got the feeling between now and next Friday, there's going to be a whole lot going on, if not complete chaos. What, what are your thoughts on uh, the upcoming seven or so days? I completely agree. I mean, and they, and the thing is that nobody really knows what, what, what's in store the next week. I mean... It's pretty much assumed that you know once the deal gets done, then we're going to find out. Okay, here's here's how it's going to work, you know. And then the probably what's probably going to happen is you'll see you know three days of exclusivity with teams trying to sign their own free agents. And then after that, it's going to be a total. It's going to be a circus. It's going to be an absolute circus, probably for three or four days. Uh, you're going to see uh, you know you're going to see all kinds of stuff. You're going to see the, you know the transaction wire. You're going to see moves. Coming almost non on a nonstop machine gun basis, it's going to be crazy. It's going to be very hard to keep up with, it, and and nobody's going to be able to be, keep up with it really. Then the media isn't going to be able to keep up with it. The agents, the teams, it, it's going to be chaos is probably a great word, and it, it it'll be interesting because we'll probably never see 
we've never seen anything like this before and, and maybe never again. So, you know, um, let's, let, let's try to enjoy it and take it for what it is. And it's going to be exciting. It's good. It won't be boring. That's for sure. And you're, you know, likely to see some, uh, some, some very interesting names out there, uh, perhaps changing teams and signing big contracts and, and, and we'll see what happens. I, I, I did, there is one school of thought that, um, that, that I did see somewhere, someone talking that the most successful teams will be the ones that aren't signing a lot of free agents because think about it. You're going to have a shortened, you know, you don't have the mini camps. You're going to have a shortened uh, curve of training camp, uh, learning a new playbook, uh, becoming familiar with a new team, et cetera. So perhaps, you know, and, and I don't know if how this is going to work or not, but maybe the more successful teams will be the ones that don't make a lot of moves. You know, that, that kind of makes sense. But that, that all remains to be seen. It's all kind of a mystery, an unknown at this point. We you know, will certainly know a lot more in the next few days once a deal is struck. But, yeah, I think by this time next week, there will be a lot to talk about for sure. No, yeah, well, it's going to be fun, and we have a lot of time, a lot of lost time to make up for because, uh, you know, because there's been a dearth of real football talk, and now there's going to be probably an absolute explosion of football talk. And we, uh, you know, <laughs> I almost envision next Friday, which could be literally the height Next Friday at one o'clock for our show, like the height of the free agent frenzy, and uh, you know we might be we we might need to run the show like a like a ticker, just sit here and report uh, on what is probably going to be a minute by minute type of situation of signings and you know waivers and releases and what have you, and I can't wait. I think it's just going to be so be much fun, fun. Yeah. again. It's we're all you have this pent up thirst for real football news, and I think uh, we're about to be flooded with it, and uh, it's going to be fabulous. So, But, Barry, once again, it's uh, time to take our break, and to join the show, the call-in number is one 346 9144 or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, and fortunately, Barry's sticking around for the fourth and final segment, so we'll catch you on the other side of the break. <laughs> Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. The job of a professional athlete is never complete. In Life After the Game, host Lamar Campbell will take an inside look at how athletes are making the transition from the professional athletics world to the professional business world. You'll understand the goals, motivations, and personalities that drive these players off the field and in their post-professional career. Tune in to Life After the Game with Lamar Campbell every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all our show archives on demand. All from your iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1 888 346 9144. That's 1 888 346 9144. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now, back to the show. 
Welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. And to join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144. Or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And I'm still here with Barry Rubenstein of the New York Post. And Barry, before we go any further, I want to get your thoughts on uh, the Women's World Cup final where they lost to Japan and in the process uh, lost two leads and then got smoked in the penalty kick round. Uh, what, what did you think about that game? You know, I, I think this is a story that really that really grabbed a lot of people's attention. I mean, I think anytime you get into a, a situation where it's, it's a national story, and a, especially with a, a, a team that I think was you know, very engaging with a lot of people. I mean, I think a lot of people identified with, you know, the grit and the toughness and, you know, certainly – after that quarterfinal game against Brazil, that really got people's attention, and then it sort of snowballed from there. And, yeah, I mean, they were favored to win. They had never lost to the Japanese, and, um, you know, certainly they had their chances in regulation. Um, you know, they hit two, two posts and a crossbar, and, but even so, it seemed like they, they, they were going to get the upper hand. But I think once it got to the, the penalty kick portion, I think, you know, he just hates to use the word choke, but I think they kind of froze up a little bit. I do because you know penalty kicks to miss three in a row, uh, you know, and the one one of them the Japanese goalie did make a great kick save um, on Shannon Box, but on the other one where the, the the kick was over the net and the other save, and it was just it was it was tough. I mean, you know, they didn't give Hope Solo a chance to win it for them. Uh, unfortunately for for Team USA, but you know, I think it was still a great story, a very compelling story. Um, you know, I, I think that was probably one of the more, more interesting uh, stories that we worked on uh, last week. And I think, uh, you know, the day they lost, uh, the, the headline I wrote was empty cup, so, or cup empty, I should say. And it really was because, uh, you know, unfortunately, it, it was an unfortunate end for them. But, you know, you can really picture them being on Wheaties boxes and, you know, being on the, on the talk show circuit and all that. But, uh you know, uh, it probably won't happen to that extent, but, you know, they, they'll, they'll be together again for the Olympics. I don't know if it'll be the same type of interest for the Olympics. It might be. We'll see. We'll see how that goes. But, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people expect, most people expect them to win in the finals. Well, I think it was, you know, really a case of uh, missed opportunities. I'm not necessarily, you, you know, I don't think it was really a choke job as just as much as, as I said, missed opportunities, but also it, it's tough to close the deal, uh, you know, on a run like this, you know, just winning the championship, uh, you know, it's just uh, not an easy thing to do. And, you know, see the 2007 Patriots for how tough it can be to close the deal. And uh, so I, I think it was more that um, they, they, again, they, they played a good enough game, just, again, did not seize the opportunities that were presented to them. Barry used to work at the NBA, and he is very knowledgeable on all things NBA, but bottom line, the NBA released his schedule a couple weeks into their lockout, uh, the schedule for the next season, and I thought there was just a little bit too much fanfare attached to it. Uh, you, you know, talking about just highlighting certain games and whatnot when you know, 99% of what I'm hearing out there is simply that, uh, you know, the NBA is very likely, you know, going to miss games, period. Some people are saying they're going to miss the whole season, and other people are saying the best-case scenario 
is, uh, you, you know, is starting games maybe like on Christmas Day, which is a traditional uh, big game day for the NBA. And Barry, given your NBA background, what, what were you thinking? Uh, I was thinking, you know, it was like, why are they doing this now? I mean, it just seemed a very, very strange thing to do uh, in light of the fact that, you know, a lot of people think that, you know, depending on who you talk to, there may not be a season this year. Certainly there will be games missed. I mean, they're not even close to being on the same page uh, with any of the major issues. So it's going to be long. It's going to be ugly. It's going to be a very difficult time. I mean, uh, the NBA just, just laid off 144 people from the league office. Um, you know, really, really tough time. Um, you know, just, 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 a, you know, some, some bad moves right there. Um, but, you know, to, to release the schedule now in the midst of a of labor dispute is just very strange. And, you know, certainly, um, you know, if you, if you look at, at the, the NBA's website, they've taken, they've taken off all references to current players. It's all historical, uh, nothing on any player that's currently in the league. So, so you know, to, to release the, uh, the schedule at this point was puzzling, to say the least. So um, that was pretty much the way it was, it was received, I think. Yeah, it sure seems strange. And basically, uh, it seems like this is getting off to a worse start than the NFL lockout got off to. So we shall see what happens. But, uh, you know... Uh, it's 100 degrees here in the Northeast and basically across most of America. So no need to talk any more NBA. Let's, uh, you know, in this kind of weather, I'm thinking baseball. And one of really what I consider the funnest weeks of the year is, is coming up, which is, of course, the July 31st trading deadline. I've had some great moments at Fenway, such as... I was there on July 31st a couple years ago when Manny Ramirez was not, repeat, not traded at 4 p.m. He came up to pinch hit at about 4.30 that afternoon. I have, you know, when it was assured he was remaining with the Red Sox. Of all the great things I've seen at Fenway, and I've seen a lot, uh, Manny getting his bat in the dugout that day and watching that crowd come to life uh, is one of the greatest things I've ever seen in that ballpark. Easily top 10, so... Uh, again, it's high drama as it were. And, uh, what do you think about the impending, uh, the coming week where trade deadline talk is going to be the talk of the day to put it mildly? Yeah, I think we're going to see a a few, few people change hands. Uh, you know, I I think, you know, certainly New York, you know, all the, all the, uh, attention is on uh, Carlos Beltran of the Mets. Um, he certainly will, he certainly will be traded. It's just a matter of, you know, to wear and what the Mets are going to get for him. And, you know, fortunately for the Mets, I think, you know, Beltran has had such a good year for them and has been such a, a force this year, you know, uh, gotten hot really at the right time for the Mets uh, to make a trade. So, you know, certainly they can ask, ask for more in return, more prospects, you know, maybe a young major league player, you know, we'll see. Um, oddly enough, it seems as if the, uh, the, the highest bidders for his services appear to be two NLEs teams the Phillies and the Braves. So it's going to be very interesting uh, to see, you know, what, uh, what transpires there. Um, you know, I, I think the Mets feeling, you know, normally you wouldn't even think about making a trade with a division rival, but the feeling is uh, Beltran is going to be a free agent anyway. He may only be a rental player, uh, in which case long-term, 
if he if he plays for the Phillies or Braves, goes somewhere else, then it's not no skin off off the uh, off the Mets' backs, and they will have a couple of maybe uh, good prospects in return. So uh, that's the talk, you know. And it remains to be seen, you know, whether the teams might be sellers. You know, certainly the Cubs, uh, the Astros look to be sellers. Um, you know, it, it, it's all, you know, it won't be as hot and heavy as. Uh, as the NFL free agency, but I think we're going to see some some moves certainly before next Sunday's trade deadline. Well, it should be interesting, and it's hard to believe, Barry, but another show has come to an end, and finally my pick of the weekend uh, for appointment viewing would be, following up on my earlier discussion, the WNBA All-Star Game tomorrow on ABC at 3.30 p.m., and uh, as always... Thank you all for listening to All Around Sports, and we look forward to doing it all again next Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern. And in the meantime, stay cool. Thanks again for tuning in to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk sports again next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.